Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Awesome. I've I've got something really, really simple to share with you today. Nothing too profound, but I want to tell you a couple of things about it before we actually dive into today's word. Uh, I wanna I wanna tell you that the first thing is that it's a, it's a prophetic image that we're going to read today. The first thing that I wanna tell you about it, it's like a prophetic lasagna. <laughs> Do I mean it's delicious? Perhaps, but that's not really what I mean. I just mean that it's got a few layers. You'll find that one part of this will apply to you. You'll find that one part of this applies to your church. You'll find that one part of this applies to the church. You'll find that another layer of this is literally about God's timeline and about the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's just that kind of layered. So we're just going to take a moment in prayer in just a minute because we cannot hear any of this according to the flesh or according to the mind. You and I won't get it. The natural mind is not subject to the Spirit of God, nor can it understand the things of God. Only Spirit can understand Spirit. We need to hear it in the Spirit. Yep. Okay. The second thing that I want you to know about what we're about to share is that it's actually really, really, really simple. So if you're expecting something profound, you're not getting it tonight. And the Holy Spirit told me he's not here for infotainment, right? God is here to tell us something simple so that we as the people of God can digest it, put it into practice, and then have the effect of what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit says to the church. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we don't have capacity in our flesh or determination to actually hear accurately what you are saying. Our spiritual senses are 100% dependent on you. So Holy Spirit, we ask you not just to speak, but open up our ears, we pray. Open up our ears in the Spirit. Cause us to taste and see. Cause us to even taste God. Even the things that we don't yet understand cause us to taste them, to experience them before we understand. Spirit of revelation, we are so dependent on you. We don't want to understand as if we were in a classroom. But God, we need a download spirit to spirit. Touch our spirits, river flow, we pray. We need you. We're so hungry for you. We're not here to play games. We're not here to do church. We're here for an encounter. God, flow. Jesus, overwhelm us. Here we are at your presence. We love you. We're longing for revival. We're longing for restoration. But we know we can't be manufactured by human hand. Send the rock which is not hewn by human hand to destroy the statue that stands against your name. Fulfill your will. Flow, Holy Spirit. Out of the rock, bring rivers of oil. Feed your people, overwhelm your people. 
with your presence. We're here to be immersed. We're here to be immersed. We're not here to learn. We're here to be immersed. Immersed in your spirit. Immerse us afresh in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right already. I'm going to be try. I'm going to do my best to be less intense so I don't scare anyone. <laughs> I want to speak to us today from the, from the thought of waters that belong to God. Waters that belong to God. Now, now here's the thing. Like, like a body of water is actually a very dangerous thing. I remember when I was like 10 or 11 years old, I was in Sandringham Beach and I, I was quite a reasonable swimmer and the water was only up to here and I don't know what happened. Within kind of like two or three seconds, there was this massive swell of water and it was literally another three metres over my head. I don't know how this happened, but as you would imagine, with a group of friends, we're all together, we're kind of all between 10 and 15 and, and a couple of older relatives who were with us, but literally everyone nearly drowned. I nearly drowned. That I could swim just kind of a, enough to get myself out over there and to get out, and, and others did as well. But there were others that literally were completely overwhelmed and had to be saved. A water, a body of water can be a really dangerous thing. I was reading a few weeks ago uh, about Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls, since 1850, more than 5,000 bodies have been recovered from Niagara Falls. And I'm not talking suicides. I'm just talking about how overwhelming that body of water is. And when you kind of don't know how to handle that, it could be completely overwhelming. So today, I want to talk to us about water that belongs to God. You know, you know, you know biblically, God owns some water, and we're going to talk about it tonight. You, you start in the book of Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10, and feel free to take notes. It's still in line with the Spirit of God if you take notes. <laughs> book of Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that God right at the beginning created a river. And it came out of Eden. There were, there were waters. God created a river right in the beginning. Right at the end in the book of Revelations, chapter 22 and verse 1, we read of the river of the water of life that proceeds from the throne of God. There's waters that belong to God. Again, you read right throughout Scripture. You read in the middle book, which is the book of Psalms. And the psalmist says in Psalm 65 and verse 8, you visit the earth and you water it. The river of God is full of water. He talks about a river that belongs to God. Do you know that God actually has a body of water and he actually means to do something with it? So what we're going to do today is we're going to read about this body of water a little bit more accurately from the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. Would you open up with me to the book of Ezekiel 47? And do you mind that if the, from this point forward, it doesn't sound anything like a refined sermon? Come on. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Book of Ezekiel chapter 47, starting at verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of a temple and there was water. Flowing from under the threshold of a temple toward the east, for the front of a temple faced the east, 
The water was flowing from under the right side of a temple south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate, led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. A cubit is literally kind of like from your fingertip to your elbow. It's about half a meter. So when we talk about 1,000 cubits, we're talking about 500 meters. He measured about 500 meters. 1,000 cubits, he brought me through the waters and the waters came up to my ankles. Please say after me, level one is your ankles. Okay, here we go. Again, he measured 1,000 and he brought me to the waters and he came up to my knees. That's level two. The waters came up to level two, the knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and he brought me through. The water came up to my waist. That's level three, came up to my waist. Let's keep going. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Level four is that you are in over your head. Okay, that's good. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? God is showing something, but it depends on how we interpret it. Have you seen this, son of man? Then he brought me out and I returned to the bank of the river. Watch what happens. When I returned, there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. By the way, that sea geographically is the Dead Sea. Just keep that in mind. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Bowser. It shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because of these waters that go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. Is that good already? Wherever the river goes, everything that was dead lives. Mm-hmm, that's good. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to Ingalam. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as of the fish of the great sea, the Mediterranean Sea. Wow, like massive fish, exceedingly many, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over the salt. Just keep that up there for me just for one tick before we go to the next screen. It says that the river is flowing and wherever the river goes, there's going to be life and it's going to give life. But to the side of that river, there's going to be swamps and marshes and those things are going to be full of salt and death. Let me just put a side note before we enter our conversation. We are entering a time prophetically on God's agenda where there will be no denomination. We are entering a time where it's not going to be Baptist, Pentecostal, it's not going to be Presbyterian, Orthodox or Catholic. It is going to be a time as whether you belong in a river or a swamp. As a matter of fact, forget denominations. 
Christians are going to be only one of two types of Christian. You're either going to be a river rat or you're going to be a swamp person. There ain't no other type. Jesus kind of put it in a nice way in the book of Matthew chapter 25 about foolish virgins and wise virgins. And he said that some did not have oil. The others were stuck with oil. Only two types. Okay, now we can turn to, we can keep going. Along the bank of a river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. The leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. I want you to see this. Hello. Okay. The river does not come from a church. (laughs) The river is not going to come through a financial institution. The river is not going to come through the banking system or the government. The river has a holy source, God's sanctuary. One source. One source. Fruit will be for food and the leaves for medicine. Oh God, there's going to be an outbreak of healing. Let's talk. (laughs) So this river begins like a little bit of a trickle. Comes up to the knees and it looks so innocent and, and stuff like that. But, 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 but this river has no streams. It has no feeder streams. You know, th- there's some rivers that flow and then they get bigger because there's feeder streams. This river isn't one of those rivers. This river, right at its source, is an almighty river that becomes an avalanche. Now, the truth is, a lot of biblical interpretation comes around this. People will say, that's, you know, that, that, that's quite a millennial thing. That's quite, you know, that's in the thousand years reign of Jesus. This is prophetic about that. I, I have doubts about that because it talks about fish and fishermen in the thousand years reign. I'm, I'm not sure about any of that. Uh, here's what I want to commit to you this river is. Obviously, I think we know enough theology to know when we talk about waters that belong to God, that just about every mention of water, we are talking about the almighty presence of the Holy Spirit. I think there's enough there. Jesus plainly said in the book of John chapter 7 and verses 37 forward, he said that whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. John commentates on that. And he said, this he spoke concerning the Spirit. Biblically, there is no doubt that the almighty presence of the Holy Spirit is like a river. But but, but now we come to what is this trickle? Well, Well, you know, right in the Garden of Eden, God had to pick up the game again and withdraw the river of God, he had to, he had to put a, a fiery angel to protect the, the, the rivers and Eden and withdraw all of that because of the sin of mankind. But, 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 but I remember in John chapter 19 and verse 34 that a centurion busted open the side of Jesus Christ and blood and water began to flow. I remember that scene. And I remember the scene flowing onto Pentecost 
And then I remember the scene getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, and until it's over the head to usher in the second coming of the Messiah. There is a timeline that's happening here. There is a timeline that progressively this river is growing and growing and growing with every single stage and phase of God's agenda. It's uncompromising in all its ways. I, I want to tell us something really simple tonight. I, I need us to know God possesses a body of water and he wants you over your head in that body of water. God has a body of water known as the almighty presence of the Holy Spirit where he wants to transition believers in this age in preparation for the second coming of Christ from control to surrender so that the river would have his way. It's all about a transition from control to surrender. See, here's the thing, right? When you're up to your ankles in water, you're in contact, but you're in control. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's nice. It's nice and refreshing on the feet. You're in contact, right? But you're in the kiddie pool of faith. And like, ooh, that feels nice. Ooh, that cools me down. Well, good. We, we, ooh, did you feel the tingles? Now God's okay with that. But, but, but people, Christians who are in a kiddie pool of faith, they, they, they're usually screaming and kicking and they want other Christians' pool toy. But then, but then we get up to the knees, Right? And, and when you start getting up to the knees in the river, oh, there's a, there's a bit of co-sharing of who's in charge here. Because the water's starting to sway you this way and that way. It's starting to bring you this way and that way. But the thing about that is, you know, with one or two steps back, you're back in control. So good. You know, I'm starting to feel the contact. I'm starting to feel the immersion. But I know. Here, here, here we go. Then we get up to the waist. Now we're getting, okay, now we're getting serious. Because when you get up to the waist, the most important thing that we need to understand biblically about that, in, in some of your translations it would have said loins, in others it says waist, is that it covers the biggest muscle in your body, which is your thigh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, isn't it ironic? Because the thigh is the strongest and it always signified in Scripture strength, that's, that's why, for example, all the Old Testament sacrifices, you weren't allowed to eat the side. You had to offer that to the Lord. You gave it to the priest. Because what that actually meant, God, I am giving my full strength over to you. So when you're up to your waist, you're literally now starting to feel the surrender. Now you're starting to feel the sway. Now, now I must decrease and He must increase now even others around you, they're seeing the effects of water on you and, and the water is starting to bring you here and take you there. Now there's some, some effect around the waist. But then there's a whole other thing that is especially 
for this time and this revival. Because here's the thing, there's been revivals, one tsunami after the other, after the other. But it is no secret that the revival that is going to usher in the coming of Jesus Christ to earth, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that revival, that swell of water, that tsunami is going to be higher than anything that has preceded it. So there's a whole other level, what God wants to do with this church, what God wants to do with a church in this age is an immersion of water over our heads where you and I are no longer in control, where you and I are at the mercy of the water. My friend, If you're going to be part of this, you're going to lose your dignity. Truth. Truth. You know why? Because you won't be in control. Do you know how many people come up here and sometimes we're just in God's presence and they get drunk. They're like, what? Get drunk? Yeah. Like they get drunk in the Holy Spirit. They're like this and... And they're all over the place. You know what's going on there? The river is taking control. Do you think it's dignified? But that's exactly what they said back in the day of Pentecost. These are not drunk like you suppose. They're not in control. There's somebody else in control. They're in a life of surrender. So you're going to look different. Unless you're prepared to the surrender of the Holy Spirit, wherever He takes you, you'll never be part of this. If you want to keep your control, you'll never be immersed in the river of God. The river of God has one agenda, to control you completely. The river of God has one agenda, the presence of the Holy Spirit is to completely, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, to soak and drench you in His presence. There's no negotiation. There will be a people who will say yes. There will be a people who will look at the shore and say, I'm never going back. I've waded too far. I've come in up to my knees. I've gone up to my waist. God, I want more. There will be a people who say, no retreat. Mm-mm. No retreat. No, 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 no. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what people think. God, I want you. They're the people that God is going to immerse in His power. God wants personal immersion and collective immersion of the church. God wants a church that is immersed in the Holy Spirit. That is the church that will bring revival. The person that will bring revival is the person who is immersed in the river of God, soaked in God's presence. And I want to tell you something. It's not about our enjoyment only. It's not about that. It's about our employment also. Because here's the thing. Once upon a time, biblically, like in the pool of Bethesda, 
What they used to do in John chapter 5 was people that were sick, they would bring them in to a pool called Bethesda. And the first one that would jump in when the angel touched the water would be healed. It was all about going in. Come in to Bethesda so that you could be healed. Come in to Bethesda so that you could be restored. I want to tell you since the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has been crying out to the church, not for the pool of Bethesda, but for the river of Ezekiel. That that church, that's you and I, that the church would go out carrying Almighty God. And wherever the church goes, that shall live. Because that's what this is. How many times have we heard it even said tonight? And revival in the church must lead to reformation in the city. Revival must lead to transformation of nations. We're not here just to have an encounter and feel good. God, fill us afresh and send us fire for the gathering, fire for the scattering. God is sending out a river. 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 The unstoppable force, the body of water, not that belongs to man, but that belongs to Almighty God, the river of God that shall overwhelm Satan, the river of God that shall overwhelm disease, the river of God that shall turn every satanic fortress, bring it to its knees at the name of Jesus. That's the power of the river of God. This river of God is unstoppable. Now, did you notice where it went? It mesmerises me, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. When even He depicts a picture for us, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit said that it flowed down into the Arabah. The Arabah is one of the most arid places in the world, the most inhospitable to life. And it goes beyond the Arabah. And as soon as it touches the Arabah, everything in the Arabah buds and lives again. And then it says it goes down. Now listen, listen. If you've heard nothing all night, please hear this. It goes down into the Dead Sea and its waters are healed. Now hang on. I did great three signs. I did. And it was one of the subjects that I passed. I failed Sunday school, but I passed that one. True story, Pastor Dave. If we had two cups here, one of them was fresh water and the other was salt water, and I put the fresh water into the salt water, would the salt water become fresh water? Uh huh. <laughs> Your past grade three science, congratulations. <laughs> yes, give yourselves a round of applause. We have an educated church. Since when can you desalt water by putting fresh water on it? Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. The Dead Sea is the saltiest water on earth. It's saltier than the ocean. 
People go there to float. You can't sink because of its salt content. Do you know what Almighty God is saying? God is saying no matter how beyond life a thing looks, as soon as the river of God touches it, it shall come back to life. And not only come back to life, it starts to host life. There starts to be fish and not just normal fish, fish like the ocean fish that should never be found in a river. Such is the power of the Holy Spirit through His people in the latter days. We don't have a mini God. We don't worship a mini God. There is no such thing as a mini God. You know, when we prayed it again today, God does not give the Spirit by measure. Please hear me. God does not give the anointing by measure. There's no such thing. No matter how dead a thing is, a believer, because of the one true giant who lives on the inside of a believer, will speak life over that which is dead. Let me show you. Let me show you just a couple of more verses and then I'm done. I've only got three hours to go. (laughs) Let me show you a couple of things. One of them is in the book of John chapter 7. Have a look at this. Jesus said this, but we've got to catch it. John chapter 7 and verses 37. Look at this. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the Spirit. Please keep it up there for me. I just want you to note two things. First of all, Jesus, and I'm going to do it in reverse order, talks about out of his heart will flow rivers. Do you notice that he used plural? He didn't say a river, even though it's signifying the Holy Spirit. What's that? Why is it plural and not singular? I'll tell you why. Because what Jesus is saying to the New Testament church is that the Holy Spirit is going to flow out of you not only continuously, but in multiple ways. You don't expect just one outlet of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit in multiple ways upon sons and daughters. Today, you could be in the cafe and he'll give you a word of knowledge. For somebody. Tomorrow, you could be with somebody and he'll give you a word of wisdom with some. The the, the very following day, you pray for somebody who is sick and the Lord uses your hands and they're healed in the name of Jesus. Rivers. Huh? Rivers, rivers. The Holy Spirit comes in one way and then in your life, He dispenses His glory in a manifold way. Is it about time we started to enlarge our expectations a little bit of what God can do for you? How does this thing happen? How does this thing happen? Well, we're still up here. Look what Jesus says. 
Two steps. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Notice that you drink first before the river flows out of you. Notice how simple this is. You drink first and then the flow happens. You drink and the flow happens. You drink and the flow happens. Can I give you permission in the name of Jesus to become addicted to this Christian drink? Become totally drunk with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Day in and day out, soak in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Open up your word, open up your mouth wide and He'll fill it. Soak, turn on some soak music, lie in the presence of the Lord. Soak, soak, drink, drink, drink. Soak, 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 soak. Let the presence of God fill you. Let God do with you and me as He did with Gideon. He clothed Himself with Gideon. God is no respecter of person. If you will drink, He will flow. And then look at this. I want to show you one more piece of Scripture. And then I think we can start doing some business. Book of Job, chapter 14. Have a look at this. Book of Job, chapter 14. I love it. How Job puts it. I'll come up, I hope. Book of Job. Okay, I'll read it to you. I think I've got it. I do. Any luck? No? Okay. Book of Job, chapter 14 and verses 7 to 9. So if you've got your Bible, please open up to it. I'm just going to read it to you. Book of Job, chapter 14, verses 7 to 9. There is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again and that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground. Did you get that? The stump of a tree is dead in the ground. Did you get that so far? The stump is dead in the ground. Listen to this. This is music from heaven. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. It says that though it's dead, not, not even at water, at the scent of water, the thing which was dead shall come alive. Just at the smell, the fragrance of water. Just at the fragrance. Now, Sons and daughters that are full of the river of God that carry the fragrance of Christ. It's not just going to be a thing like John Wesley where you walk past people and things come alive. No matter what's dead around, you shall come to life. Because that's what God intends for this revival Can we honestly say, I'm I'm, I'm going to conclude because I think we need to do some time with God. Can we honestly say as we sit here, as we reflect, God, are we, am I at level one, ankle deep, in contact but in total control of my life? Who makes the decisions in your life? Who controls your money? Who controls your time? Who controls your relationships? Who controls your conversation? Who controls your dream? Who controls your purpose? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it your good self? Yeah. 
Are we ankle deep? Are we knee deep? Am I level three, waist deep? Or am I level four? God tonight invites us to level four. Not to level one, not to level two, not to level three, but to level four. There is no son, there is no daughter who is disqualified from a full immersion in the presence of the mighty river of God. God tonight is just simply sending an invitation of immersion. It's going to need two simple things, people of God. Did you notice that when the river flowed from the heavenly sanctuary, notice where it went, it went down to the valley. The valley is the lowest place. Contrite hearts is what God is looking for. If you are full of yourself, God cannot follow you up. God still gives grace to the humble and resists the proud. The entire difference between the resistance or assistance of the Holy Spirit is whether I am proud or repentant. Second thing is Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. It's not only those who are lowly and of contrite heart, it's those who are thirsty. Not those who are complacent. Yeah, I've been to church today. But those who are like, God, I need a full immersion. God, I need you to soak me. God, I'm so grateful for the past. I'm so grateful for where I'm up to. But it's not enough, Holy Spirit. I need to be full immersed over my head. I need to lose control over my life to give you rain. Have my mouth. Have my tongue. Have my time. Have my dignity. Have all that I am. Rule, 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 rule. We're going to turn this into a prayer meeting in just a moment. I want to read you, not up here, but I'm going to read you one piece of Scripture from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11 and verse 9. God caused us to hear this differently. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. When is the earth going to be full of the knowledge of the Lord? It's when the waters cover the sea. That's when. It's when the church goes outside the four walls, immersed in the Holy Spirit. Then the earth shall become filled with the knowledge of Almighty God. My assignment's finished. Now, now, now it's over to every single one of us in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm not going to ask the band to come up just yet. Actually, feel free to come up, but don't play nothing. <laughs> Seriously? We're either going to get real with God. Yeah. To get real with God, praise God for music. Yeah. But you and I don't need music to be hungry for oh. Jesus. You and I don't need music to go, God, enough's enough. I need to be full on immersed. I don't care how many years I've been in the Lord and I don't care if I'm new or I don't care if I've been six decades as a follower of Jesus. God, there is more for me. I want to be totally immersed and over my head in the power of the river of Almighty Holy Spirit. 
Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.